Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. When the children of Israel crossed over from the wilderness into Canaan, they walked through the Jordan River. It backed up all the way to the city of Adam. Whenever God forgives you of a sin you've committed, that means nothing all the way back to Adam can come against you at that time. So let's go to the Word of God and find out again the forgiving power of Jesus in the life of a Christian each and every day. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. You're the student of the Word and I'm Pastor Bob Yandian to teach the Word to you and uh, show you what I've learned from the Word of God. And uh, through my lifetime, I've been taught by, I consider some of the best, some of the finest. Man, I look back on those that I've studied after, listened to their recordings or sat live under them. The pastors I've had, I have been so blessed. And actually, just it's a time to honor them by what I teach. I'm really sharing with you some of the things I've learned and what the Lord has added to it and what I've seen in my own life and added to it. So again, it's just kind of a compilation of that. And I think throughout your lifetime, you should always look up to those who have been a blessing in your life and uh, pastors you've had and, and different ministers you've studied after. And this is important because you know what? None of us are self-made. There's no such thing as a self-made Christian. You didn't save yourself and you can't even perfect yourself. It takes Jesus to save you and God's word and his Holy Spirit to perfect you after you've been born again. And so there's no such thing as a self-made Christian. Actually, there's no such thing as a self-made person. You didn't birth yourself, you didn't feed yourself, you didn't change your own diaper, mom did that, they sent you to school, someone taught you how to read, taught you math, all these things. You owe credit throughout your entire lifetime to other people, whether they did it right or did it wrong. But again, you can learn from those that do it right, you can learn from those that do it wrong and treat everything in life as a teaching experience. And so again, I trust that one day I'll be one of those that you'll say, you know, as it says in the Word of God, to look to those that have taught and other things have been a blessing to you. And just as we have heroes from the word of God, we have heroes in life. And I'd like to be one of those heroes. Again, not that I'm trying to brag on myself or put myself, I would just think that would be an honor for you to look at me that way, the way I look at other ministers too. And because I've honored those ministers and others that are alive today, I support their ministries. I've got friends and I support their ministries. Other ministries I've never even met, and yet I support them because they have helped to change my life. And I usually add a note in there sometimes when I send a check in once a month. Remember checks, I still make out checks. And so the whole point of it is, is I'd like for you to support me. You know, and if, if I'm important to you and you say that, then whatever you support me with, that's your decision between you and God. I often tell people this, ask the Holy Spirit, first of all, what should I give? And he'll, he'll most of the time give you a figure. Now there's times he won't, but what's he, what's he simply saying when he does it? He trusts you. There's another verse on that one, as you purpose in your own heart, give, not grudgingly or of necessity. So if you don't hear from the Holy Spirit, examine your checkbook, examine these other things and say, yeah, I think I can do this. And then of course, through the years, as God blesses, increases you back for your love for the ministry, your love for God, your love for people, then you can begin to increase it. And so go to bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there on my website where you can become a partner. Looking forward for you joining me. Look with me in Exodus chapter 14 today. Exodus chapter 14, we're gonna take a look at two verses of scripture and we're gonna 
help explain today two things that are misunderstood today. And that is forgiveness of sins at salvation when you get born again, then forgiveness of daily sins that you commit as a Christian. Because it's been so taught today, and thank God for the message of grace, but it has been so stretched out of proportion that every sin you will ever commit has already been forgiven. So if you sin today after you've been saved for a few years, eh, it doesn't matter. Just keep on going as if nothing happened. No, that is not true. That there is the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses you at salvation, but there's also the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses you from daily sins. This is called the shedding of blood, and this is called the sprinkling of blood. When you get born again, it's the shedding of blood. Lots of blood to cleanse you, get you out of Satan's family into God's family, out of Adam into Christ, out of the out of spiritual death into spiritual life, out of darkness into light, all the different things that happen miraculously when you get born again. But then for those daily sins, it takes the sprinkling of blood, not anywhere near as much, but it still takes the blood of Jesus Christ. First John 1, 7 tells you the blood of Christ is what cleanses you daily. And uh, you know, when you sin, and then in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, we as Christians, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is seen in types and shadows of the Old Testament. And today we're gonna compare two uh, instances where the children of Israel crossed a body of water, the Red Sea and the Jordan. The Red Sea brought them out of Egypt and into the wilderness and crossing over Jordan took them out of the wilderness and brought them into Canaan, the promised land. Exodus 14, verse 21 and 22. Here we have the time when they crossed the Red Sea. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind at night and made the dry land and the waters were divided or parted in two directions. And the children of Israel went into the sea on dry ground and the waters were a wall to them on the right hand and on the left hand. Later on, they're gonna come to the Jordan River, but the Red Sea was the first of two major bodies of water the children of Israel crossed before coming into the promised land of Canaan. Although the people walked through both bodies of waters, the two were different from each other and unique from each other. One was a lot of water, one was less water, but both were impossible on their own to pass through. The Red Sea is a type of salvation, even the color, of the name, although it was not a red body of water, it was called the Red Sea. It's a type of salvation, and again, a type of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Red Sea is a type of the blood of Jesus, even down to its name. The Israelites were taken out of Egypt, delivered from years of bondage, and allowed to go free, just like we were held in Satan's camp, held as slaves under him, until the Lord brought us through through the Red Sea when we accepted Jesus as Savior. And the good news is not only did it cleanse our sins, but Satan and his army were drowned behind us, okay? So they can never come and get us anymore. Once you are saved, you are gonna stay saved. And even though you may be going through a dry place like the wilderness, you are still out of Egypt. Glory to God, hallelujah, amen. So quit talking about how wonderful the world was back when you were in the world. You have found a better place. Even if you are the lowest member of the body of Christ, the toe, the underside of the toe of the body of Christ. You might've been the greatest uh, rock star. You might've been the greatest movie star. You might've been the president of five companies, but you know what? When you accepted Jesus and became the little toe and the underside of the little toe, you took a step up. 
because you're now in Christ. You now have eternal life. You're going to heaven. Your sins have been redeemed. And I would rather be a toe in heaven than to be the greatest, greatest, uh, um, you know, head of a giant company making millions of dollars and end up in hell because I rejected Jesus. In other words, what we're offering is eternal. Israel did nothing to be delivered. God did everything. God sent the plagues, preserved Israel during them, brought them out on dry land. He commanded for them to do nothing but stand still and watch God do his work. We are saved by God's grace, not by our works. Israel was boxed in from the front, behind, and on each side. The Red Sea was a wall in front of them. The Egyptian army was behind them and mountain ranges were on each side. The only answer was through the Red Sea by boat, by submarine, or walking through it on dry ground. That's the last thing anybody would have thought of. And when the people saw that, all they saw in front of them was the word impossible. How are two million people get enough boats to get across that? There's not a submarine big enough. And how in the world could we ever walk on water? Well, you can walk on dry land. God had the answer for them. And on top of that, it was a miracle no one else could do. Only God could do this. The world needs to know there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved and through the name of Jesus. There's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Man is surrounded and boxed in by religions, brotherhoods, and all types of system of good works, but nothing can remove the sin and the curses of Adam, but the Red Sea, which is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Israel's enemies were destroyed permanently the Red Sea, which opened, allowed the Jewish nation to go free, swallowed up and completely destroyed the Egyptian army, destroyed its horses, destroyed its chariots, destroyed its weapons. The blood of Jesus is and was our deliverance and Satan's destruction. Israel left slavery and entered life of freedom in the wilderness. Although the wilderness was not the promised land, it was better than Egypt. It was a necessary place to unlearn Egypt and to learn to totally trust in God himself. It was a place to grow up, to prepare and enter Canaan. It was only an 11-day journey, an 11-day trek by foot, but it took the first generation 40 years to learn these lessons, and they still didn't learn it. They died in the wilderness, but the second generation learned. 40 years was not God's fault, it was their fault. We all have a wilderness after the new birth to begin to unlearn the world's systems and looking at life to begin to understand God's ways. It's called discipleship, maturity, or the place of the renewing of the mind, preparation to enter into the land of abundance. And in this case, we understand something. The water was divided in two directions. Whenever they stood there, the water just split down the middle, stood up, moved upside, and when they walked through, there was a wall of water on this side, a wall of water on that side. I imagine they must have walked through with their mouth hanging open as they looked on both sides and realized, this is God. And they walked through. And when they walked through, they probably looked back and here came the Egyptian army right in after them. And they were thinking, man, we got to get through this thing. And so God held back the Egyptian army long enough by a wall of fire. Then the wall of fire was lifted and they came running in to get them. And when they came in, the children of Israel just came out on the other side, turned around and looked and all the water came back together and God drowned the armies behind them. They had nothing to do with this. It was all God. Man, when Jesus went to the cross, died for our sins, was buried three days and three nights, then rose from the dead, and we accepted him as Lord and Savior. We cannot stand back and say we had anything to do with it. It was all of God.
In other words, here's what happened. Those two walls of water represent the cleansing of the blood of Jesus Christ and every sin past and every sin future was judged on the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your sins past have been forgiven when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, but the sins you commit each day after that are to be handled one at a time. We will talk about that when we get to the Jordan River, how the children of Israel crossed over there. But the waters were divided in two directions. Understand this, no sin past or no sin future can keep you out of heaven. You've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and Satan can have no victory in your life because as far as salvation, he was drowned behind you. All of his demons were drowned behind you. All of his weapons were drowned behind you. He might try to overthrow you in your daily life, but he cannot keep you out of heaven. That is settled once and for all. So again, no sin past. Future was left uncovered in taking the children of Israel into their new life. There is no sin you've ever committed, will commit that will remove you from the Christian life or keep you from going to heaven. Cleansing of sins in your daily Christian walk and to preserve you from Satan's plans and devices is yet to come. And we'll talk about that when we come back after the break. The Jordan River will be found in Joshua chapter three. So if you wanna go ahead and turn there, we'll talk about that after halftime when we come back. But in that, we're gonna talk about the Jordan River as a type of daily forgiveness for believers. The the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus as compared to the shedding of the blood of Jesus. And we'll talk about in both cases, it takes water. In both cases, it took blood. But we'll talk about the difference between forgiveness of a sinner to become a Christian and then a forgiveness of Christians in their daily life. I simply come back to this. Jesus Christ not only died to save you from your sins, but he also died to save you from sinning. And he has enough power not only to get you born again, but to keep you walking day by day in accordance with his will to become an overcomer through Jesus Christ. We'll see you when we get back. Have you ever sinned and felt like you have failed God? Or have you ever gotten off track in your walk with the Lord? Sometimes it seems like a repetitive cycle of one failure after another. And sometimes the feelings of guilt make you want to quit trying. The devil tries to tell you that you've wasted all your time and chances to get right with God again. In two encouraging and restorative lessons, Bob Yandian examines the life of David and how he pleased God even though he sinned. He then breaks down Hebrews chapter six to show us how to stop this illusion of failure. In this simple but very significant teaching, you will learn how to receive forgiveness, how to forgive yourself, and most importantly, how you can get back in the race. To order Get Back in the Race, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. A new book just came in. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. Go to my website, bobtheandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. 
You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. In the first half of the broadcast, we talk about the Red Sea. The Red Sea is a type of salvation, taking us out of the land of Egypt where we were held captive and slaves under Satan, delivering us out of that altogether. We talked about the waters parting in two directions, for all sins past are forgiven for getting us into heaven and all sins to come are forgiven. No sin past can keep us out of heaven. No sin to come can keep us out of heaven. Although we'll talk about now when they came to the Jordan River, how we handled daily sins. But again, the children of Israel came whenever they crossed over in the promised land. See, this is after coming through the wilderness. They're already believers, but in the wilderness, they're carnal believers. And yet they never learned how to handle their carnality. They never looked at the faithfulness, dependability of God except for Joshua and Caleb and Moses. Moses sinned just before the promised land, so God said, you can't take him in. Oh, he went to heaven. He appeared with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, and I don't think Elijah came from heaven and Moses came from hell. No, they both came from heaven, so he's there. But again, we're gonna find out that this is a type of the daily sins that we have in life, getting them cleansed so we can enter into God's abundance. Notice this, they entered into the land of abundance. So Joshua chapter three, take a look at verses 15 and 16. And here it says of the priests, it said, those who carried the ark came to Jordan, that's the priests. And the feet of the priest who carried the ark were dipped into the edge of the water. Notice their feet dipped into the edge of the water. For Jordan overflowed all its banks at harvest time and the waters which came up from upstream stood and rose up in a heap very far back to the city of Adam. This is beside Zaratan and the waters which ran down toward the sea in the plain, the Dead Sea stopped and were cut off and the people passed over right beside Jericho. The Red Sea was a standing water. It was deep, impassable water. The Jordan was a flowing river coming from one direction. The Red Sea separated Israel from their freedom, but the Jordan separated them from their blessings, their inheritance. The Red Sea represented salvation through faith in Jesus shed blood, but the Jordan represents forgiveness of daily sins in the life of a Christian. It was water in both cases, the blood of Jesus, which saved us as sinners and as saints, but the Red Sea had way more water than did the Jordan River. In other words, it takes more of the blood of Jesus Christ and the work of it to forgive us of sins, get us out of Satan's family, into God's family, out of sickness, or pardon me, out of sin into righteousness and out of death into life. We could go down the list of all that happened at the new birth, but the, save, the sins we commit on a daily basis is not the sins of a sinner. It's the sins of a Christian. And how we handle those two is different. How God handles it is different. And we have a smaller body of water running in one direction. Men had nothing to do with the parting of the Red Sea, but men, the priest, had to put their shoe soles down into the edge of the water before it moved. Crossing the Red Sea, it was all Moses standing there lifting up his uh, rod before the Lord and the waters parted. In salvation, we simply believe in the finished work of Jesus. In forgiving believers' sins, we must confess our sins for them to be forgiven. We approach God, but no longer as a slave, we now approach him as a priest. The water backed up a long way to the city of Adam. 
When we confess our sins, nothing back to Adam can stop us from obtaining our inheritance in life. Confession of sins for the Christian stops Satan from hindering us through demons, sickness, financial problems. It's a guarantee from generational curses. Nothing back to Adam is left uncovered. Our past ancestors' sins, divorce, mental illness, temper, poverty, or cancer can no longer have dominion over us. With a brand new bloodline, the family of God, in which there are no curses, I am no longer in Adam, but I am in Christ. Notice this, that the water's backed all the way up to Adam. I've heard this teaching so often. Well, that's a generational curse. Wait a minute. I'm no longer of the generations of my mom and dad. I died in this life and I became born again into a bloodline, the line of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus went to the cross, his forgiveness went all the way back to Adam and goes all the way in the future. But when I as a Christian come, my personal sins doesn't come from any ancestral thing. It comes from Satan himself and it backs all the way up to Adam knowing nothing back to Adam can stop me. The blood of Jesus Christ in my daily life when I confess the Lord, does that. Forgiveness of sins is for the Christian too, and our daily sins. When I, ex- when I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, my sins forever, past and future, will not keep me out of heaven, but the sins of the Christian life keep us out of joy, happiness, receiving things from God. There's many scriptures on salvation, and they sim- simply say, believe, call, receive, and accept. Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us how to do that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we shall be saved. But there's many scriptures des- describing being out of fellowship and coming back into fellowship with God. This is for the Christian. When I got born again, relationship was the issue. Now that I'm a Christian, relationship is never the issue. I'm always in God's family, but I might be out of fellowship with him like a child that does something wrong and suddenly the fellowship in the house is broken until there is an apology. And that apology toward God is 1 John 1, 9. We become carnal. We leave home basically like the prodigal son. We sleep among the dead, we're told in Ephesians chapter five. Spiritual, returning home, waking up, returning to fellowship are all terms that are used for a Christian coming back into fellowship with the Lord. First John chapter one says, beginning in verse three, that we which have seen and heard, we declare to you that also you may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. This chapter is talking to Christians, not sinners. Never does God talk to sinners about fellowship with God. It's always relationship with God. But after we settle relationship with God at the Red Sea and we sin after becoming a Christian, we have to deal with fellowship now. That's why we come to the Jordan River. Truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. These things we write unto you that your joy may be full. Mark it down. You can be a Christian, but have no joy. Sin stops your joy. Coming back into fellowship with God restores your joy. This then is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and continue to walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in the light, 
As he is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's a continual process. If we do something wrong and we don't know it, but following God with all of our heart, it's taken care of. But once you learn what a sin is and you commit it and you try to act like you didn't commit it, it says you're walking in darkness. No, you're a child of light, but now you're walking in the darkness of fellowship with God, not relationship. If we say we have no sin, oh, I really didn't sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Look at chapter two and verse one. My little children, these things I write to you that you do not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. This verse says, if you're born again and commit a sin, understand something that Jesus Christ sits, puts his word to you and doesn't want you to sin. But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. You know, he's simply saying, I want you to come to a place where you never sin again. Well, Bob, can we ever get there? Well, not really, but what a goal to shoot for every day to walk in more righteousness before God. And by doing that, our life just continues to increase more and more in the things of God. So it's written to Christians for forgiveness of sins, daily sins. We approach God as a priest, not as a slave. We confess our sins as a priest. We don't have to find a priest. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us as it did when we were saved. When we confess what we know, God also cleanses us from what we don't know. In other words, if we confess our sins, he not only forgives us for that sin, but he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. There may be things in your life you don't know is unrighteous. As you grow in the things of God, you know that. But in the meantime, if you've done something wrong and don't know it, it's not held against you. But the moment you confess what you do know, God cleanses you from what you don't know. What a great God we serve. Jesus is our advocate our defense attorney. We're told this in Romans chapter eight and verse 34 and many passages in the Old Testament. I want you to notice something. It says that the water's backed up to Adam. You know what this means again? No generational curses. Their sins in the past do not control you today. And don't you fall for Satan telling you that, or pardon me, some ignorant pastor, some ignorant minister telling you, well, that's just a, that's just a generational curse coming back on you. There is no generational curses. When I got born again, I'm a brand new creation, totally made in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though your parents divorced, doesn't mean you're going to divorce. Doesn't mean because your friends divorced or brothers and sisters back there in your quote bloodline. Listen, I've never gone to Ancestry.com or anything to find out about what my physical person is because you know what? There was a day when Bob Yandian left all that and I became a citizen of heaven. I'm not even a citizen of earth anymore. My citizenship was changed and I'm now a citizen of heaven. You can say, well, you know, as a, as a natural born Armenian, you know, you, you have all that going back. Well, yes, I do. And you know what? I'm proud of being an Armenian in this natural life, but you know what? It's temporary. There's a day I got switched over to an eternal family and that was through the blood of Jesus Christ. I walked across the Red Sea and I'm a member of the family of God. Now that I'm born again, I have come here to this uh, 
to this place. And if I sin, I simply face the Jordan River. And the first thing I do is I put my foot in it. You know, in the Old Testament, the priest had to get their feet washed before they could go into the presence of the Lord. That wasn't to make them a priest. It was a priest that had dirt on their feet. Your feet touch the ground. And as a Christian, my walking through life, I, my feet touch the ground and sometimes that dirt gets off on my feet. But the first thing I do is I put my foot in there and that dirt is washed off. And then the Lord parts it in one direction. Notice not two directions, he parts it in one direction. And that's the beauty of it. When my foot touches it, the water's back up all the way to Adam. And so the good thing is it backs up in one direction where the other's backed up in two directions. In other words, confessing sins today won't forgive what I'm gonna do tomorrow. I'll need to confess it then. But anything that I've done right now, all the way back is taken care of, all the way back to Adam. You might have genetic problems, sickness, mental illness, and temper, but those things have been broken through the blood of Jesus Christ. Poverty, sin, sickness has been broken also in Jesus Christ, and it has no more control over me. When the feet of the priest touch the Jordan, the water's backed up. Nothing in your bloodline back to Adam can stop you from fulfilling your destiny or entering the land of God's absolute best in his life. So quit falling for all this stuff that Satan is trying to pass off today. Your sins were all forgiven back when you got born again. You never have to confess them again. No, God, I may be in God's family, but is he pleased with me today? He's pleased with me when I walk in what light I have. When I confess my sins, he's faithful and just. He's anxious to do it, to back that thing all the way up so I can walk over into my inheritance, which is the promised land, which is Canaan before me. Thank God for that. Well, thanks for joining me today. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.